Hey, welcome back to Lessons in Product Management. I'm your host, John Fontenot, and on today's episode, I met with Matt Green, Senior Product Manager at Profit Optics, and Moshe Mikanovsky, Product Manager at Procom. We covered a lot of ground in this episode, including Matt and Moshe's path into product management, how to develop a product mindset, and some key advice around building trust with your boss. If you want to interact with us in a live Q&A session, you'll hear some live Q&A at the end. And if you want to be part of that, come and join us at pathtoproduct.io. It's completely free to sign up. There's a great community there, free courses. It's great. Uh, there's no strings attached, so feel free to join. I'll have the link in the show notes to pathtoproduct.io. It's path number two product.io. And while you're grabbing that link, be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever you're listening to, whether it's the podcast or the YouTube channel. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you'd leave us a five-star rating and a review so we know how we're doing. It really helps get the word out. And the more reviews we have, the more we show up on the, the search feeds and people look for product management podcasts. So I, I'd really appreciate that. Um, we're releasing exclusive content on the YouTube channel and the podcast, right? So if you're on the podcast, be sure to subscribe to YouTube. If you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss any of the exclusive content going to those platforms. And the links to both will be in each platform, depending on what you're listening to or watching right now. And this show is completely free. I don't get paid to do it. But if you're enjoying and benefiting from the content, you can definitely pay us back by sharing it with others. This is Lessons in Product Management. Let's get started. Hey, Matt, Moshe, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you guys. Uh, glad Good to job. be here. Very nice being yeah. here. Absolutely. Uh, you guys had me on, on your podcast not too long ago, so I'm excited to have, have you on ours and, uh, and return the favor a little bit. <laughs> yeah, excited, excited to be here. Cool. Yeah, and, and so if, if you haven't listened to Matt and Moshe's podcast, you should. It's called Product for Product. Um, go check it out. It's it's available anywhere you get your, your podcast. Go subscribe, go follow, and go listen. It's great stuff. So Matt, Moshe, to kick things off, could you give the, the audience a brief introduction of, of who you are and, uh, and what you do day to day? Sure. So um, my name is Moshe, and um, I'm a product manager these days at a company called Procom uh, in uh, Toronto. Uh, this is a company for uh, recruitments, so it's a staffing agency, and um, building uh, products for that business, for supporting all of our business and our clients and our contractors, etc. Um, I started my career um, 30 years ago as a software developer, uh, and I was developing software in uh, different capacities, different companies uh, for about 20 years. And uh, in the past 10 years, I changed my focus to just do product management. So this is really what I like doing. Um, I realized that um, I like kind of that uh, being in between, in the middle between the business and the uh, users and the developers and all of that stuff. And, and I was doing a lot of product management before. I just didn't know that I was doing that. Um, back then, you know, more than 10 years ago, and especially 20 years ago, uh, no one really knew what product management is all about. And when you say product manager, it is usually a marketing position. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, name, my name is Matt, and um, I'm a product manager at Profit Optics, um, a company out of Richmond, Virginia. I work remotely outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I've uh, been there about four months now, um, and we build uh, B2B custom software for enterprises. And I also have a company called Nimble. Uh, I started about a year ago, a uh, consulting firm, 
uh, focused on Microsoft Power Platform, Power BI, Power Apps, Power Automate. Um, that's something I have a lot of experience with and something I, uh, a lot of companies are using these days. Uh, my goal with the company was to, to really uh, productize data. Um, I think there's a, a lack of a product mindset when it comes to data and analytics and dashboards and reports. It's kind of like, hey, we created this thing. Uh, let's ship it and be done with it. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity to uh, make it better, improve on it. And there's not a lot of product focus in the analytics space uh, and even in like machine learning and stuff like that. So um, that was kind of the mission with the company and I've been doing that for about a year. Um, but focusing right now, maybe on switching that uh, the business up and focusing on maybe developing my own, um, my own software uh, platform. And also my background, uh, you know, from a data analyst perspective, uh, been working in accounting, finance, data analysis uh, for many, many years. Um, and to Moshe's part, I was probably working along the product mindset uh, for a while, uh, building these kind of reports and dashboards. Um, but I didn't really think about product in that perspective um, until, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, it kind of dawned on me like, hey, let's, let's not just stand this thing up and ship it and be done with it and never see it again. Uh, and leave the user, um, you know, on their own. Let's let's continue that relationship, and um, that's what's kind of led me to uh, to where I'm at today. So, um, and what led me into the the podcast with Moshe, um, wanting to learn more about products and the product management stack and what tools are available. So, uh, yeah. that's what's kind of brought us here. Very cool. And so you, you both have different paths in, into product management. So Moshe, you, you came from a software engineering background mm -hmm. and Matt, you came from finance. And, and it seems like these days, I think the, the assumption is that you have to be an engineer, you have to mm -hmm. have a, you know, uh, a computer science degree, uh, but that's that's not the case anymore. Like I, I came from a, a sales and marketing and partnership partnerships background, which is different from from both of you. So I, I'd be curious uh, to hear a little bit more about your own journeys in um, I know Moshe, you mentioned a little bit about like how you were working as an engineer and, and you um, saw yourself being more in the center of the business, but I'd love just some more insights on, on each of your stories on what was that moment that you knew you wanted to get into product? How'd you learn about it? And then how'd you make that transition in? Uh, yeah, sure. So it's, um, I, I completely agree that you don't really need to be an engineer uh, with your background to be in product. Uh, the same way that I don't think you need to have an MBA. Uh, that's the other part of the world these days that are looking for product managers that are MBA graduates. Um, uh, you, you, you basically need to have a lot of um, uh, logic in your head and, and common sense and uh, a lot of uh, other things that, that are important like empathy and stuff like that. So my journey... Um, you know, I, I kind of got fed up also a bit with trying to chase the engineering, uh, the, the stacks. There is every year or two years, there is a new stack that I had to learn and get familiar with and, and, and convert my entire uh, product to and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was just um, getting a bit annoying. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, on top of that, like I said, I, I did a lot of these things before. So out of lack of having a person that will go and talk with the users and will go and um, you know, um, define what the requirements are going to be and will do prioritization and then we'll do demos and we'll help with the go-to-market and, um, and all of that stuff, 
I had to do it myself. So I didn't have anyone that would do that in the teams that I worked. Uh, most of them were, you know, I, I worked in startups, mostly smaller organizations. So uh, that's where usually you even have less people and processes available for you to help you with that. Um, and and uh, because I had to do all of that and I wanted to see what I'm really going to, to focus on, I also was laid off of one of the startups that uh, had to close up. So it was a transition time in my life that I was looking into what do I really like doing in my position and how can I focus only on that? And then when I did that, um, sitting down and thinking about it really deeply about all the things I like and what I do and the things I don't like and what I do, um, I came up that I really like doing that part of you know, building a product, but it doesn't have to be of a specific stack. So before that, I was uh, 20 years developing on Microsoft stack and a lot of startups that I wanted to join were um, open source, uh, Java based and whatever, they would not look at me because I didn't have that background. Um, going into product, I was able to join, the first one was actually all Java. So they didn't really care what was my stack experience. They liked it that I have this experience with engineers. So I will know how to talk with engineers and understand their being empathetic to them. Uh, but it wasn't really important for me to know their specific stack. So, so that was uh, really help, helpful for me there. And, and um, I, I can say it was easy to find that first job, but um, I was able to eventually find it. Uh, you know, there was a great product manager that, a director that uh, he, he saw my potential, he saw how I think. And um, I learned on that first job a lot of, you know, what product management is, what product management is not. It wasn't perfect there as well. So they had to improve a lot. We did a lot of um, trial and errors of things, uh, but uh, that was really my, my first reel into the product management. But I could do it only because I had a lot of um, experience that was relevant to that. So even, even not, the, not talking about the writing code or stuff like that, but talking about the relevant experience of talking with users, um, doing interviews, uh, writing requirements, uh, prioritizing what people want, um, being part of the go-to-market uh, process. Uh, all of those things I had to do during the, my 20 years career in, in, in the software development. So that really helped me um, you know, jump into product management much, much more easily. Yeah, I think that's that's a key point, right? Being able to frame prior experience through a product management lens and being able to sell the, the experience you do have um, mm. into that that frame of mind of the hiring manager who's looking to hire someone for product and letting them see how you think, like you said. So I think there's a lot of a lot of great insight there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I come with a as as, as I mentioned the, the accounting finance uh, realm, um, but I I, I, tra I transitioned in between the accounting finance and IT uh, and became kind of a liaison between the groups. Um, and that's really where I think I became uh, a product manager without a title of that. So because I was able to uh, develop things between IT and the business, um, you know, we, we all know that they don't always uh, see things the same way. They don't always communicate. Um, and I was able to uh, bridge that gap. And that was my aha moment. Um, and then I went back and got my master's in analytics um, 
you know, I love data. I love analytics. I love the, the, the ability to take numbers and turn them into action. So um, that's, that's what, and I did that uh, several years back and that's what kind of said, okay, if I can combine analytics with product, um, you know, that's a game changer to me. So um, I transitioned then I went to, to work with uh, Teradata, which is a uh, analytics and cloud computing company uh, where I did data analysis there. And there I continued to um, hone my product management skills. I think a lot of people, you always hear product, project to product. Um, and I think a lot of people still work in that project mindset. And I'm trying to break that, that mold within the companies I've worked at. Um, and it's easier said than done. So, um, you know, everything you can do, you can look at it from a product mindset, I think, uh, whether it be personal, whether it be in the business. And, you know, I was working at Teradata as a data analyst and um, then, you know, the pandemic happened and um, that's what kind of like prompted me to say, okay, I'm going to start my own business because I, I see the need to productize data. And so I saw that it's like, you know, let me, let me start a podcast with Moshe to uh, talk about product because, you know, my experience with the tools on the market was limited and I was like, I have a problem here. I need to solve it. Uh, and there's not a space out there. Uh, there's not a podcast. There's not really, you know, there's tons of articles, but I needed a consolidated way to look at things uh, to make an educated decision about what I needed to use. So um, yeah, so that, that was another step in the product management, um, you know, life cycle for me. And uh, now I'm working in profit optics as a project product manager and I think that those steps there that I've taken along my journey led me to be a PM uh, without the background of being an engineer. Um, you know, uh, I am technical by nature by, with the data analysis, whether it be Power BI, uh, any kind of visualization tool, whether it be SQL and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm experienced from a technical perspective, uh, but I think anybody can become a product manager if your mindset is right. If, if you want to solve problems uh, that people have and you have the, the curiosity uh, to solve those problems and the empathy to solve those problems, I think that, that those things will really, uh, you know, really take you to the next level to be a PM. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I want to touch on product mindset a bit more because I, I get asked all the time through Path to Product, just in talking with other aspiring PMs trying to get into the field. Um, there's even memes about it, right? Of like, how do I get into product when they're asking for 20 years experience and I'm fresh mm -hmm. out of school? Or how do I get into product when I don't have experience and they're looking for it? Or how do I leverage my, my past skills? And, and I, I usually give advice around like, well, do your own thing. And I think that's pretty common advice. And they're like, well, I need to go raise seed, raise seed funding and, you know, get venture backed. And it's like, no, think smaller. And, yes. and I know I know like we both do podcasts and, um, you know, Moshe, you're working on a book, Matt, you you built a business and I'm working on a, a book as well. I don't think I told you, told you guys that, but I'd, I'd love to, to talk through your experiences with the podcast, the book and building your business and like how you're able to take the product mindset and, uh, and launch those things. Cause, cause I think the audience could really find value in terms of like broadening the scope of how do I actually practice product management mm -hmm. and, uh, in a way that resonates for the, the market to get, to get them hired. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start, do you want to start with that math? Oh yeah. So from a business perspective, I mean, 
any of these things that you're creating. So creating a business uh, is a lot more work than just saying, okay, I have a business now and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so whether it's re- getting licensed, getting registered, having a business, uh, you know, plan, uh, building a website. Uh, I had never built a website um, prior to this. So um, building a website, doing iteration after iteration after iteration upon it, reaching out to people, getting feedback on it. Hey, hey, check my website out. Do you like it? What can I make better? Uh, what would it be, what, what, uh, what don't you like about it? So from, from that perspective, yeah, it was starting small. I didn't, I didn't need seed funding. I don't have, you know, I, I don't need, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not the next uh, Facebook or something. So um, it's just a matter of, Hey, I'm taking product principles and building a product, which is my business. Um, and I think that Moshe and I have taken that same approach with the podcast. Neither one of us knew how to make a podcast. Um, we didn't know how to edit podcasts. We didn't know how to set one up. We didn't know what to say and when to say it. We didn't know what platforms to use. We're still but learning. We, we're, we're still learning. Yeah. And that's what product is. It's, it's a learning process and it's a process of making it better and better over time. And um, that is what the product mindset is to me. And so that's, that's what we've taken, uh, whether it be the business I, I started or whether it be the podcast or whether it be the role I'm in now. Um, it's it's doing st- steps to make it better, steps to solve problems, and not saying I'm going to do it all at one time. I'm going to I'm going to do a little bit, reach out to the the customer, to my audience, and say, hey, is this what you're liking? What can I do better? Uh, and then get the feedback and and, and improve upon it. So um, that's what product mindset is to me, and how I practice it in my work. Yeah, and um, to to add to that uh, on the podcast side, um, like Matt said, we we didn't really know what we're doing. We just decided to do it. So we explore different products on how to host it, and and we we talked with people. We asked for help. Uh, that's also one of those things that uh, you know people are really willing to help out there. So it's not doesn't cost much to to do that. And um, we, we had an idea, we just um, met a few times to uh, try the different uh, tools, uh, is this uh, recording is going to work and all of that stuff, to all the technicalities around it, and also the, the structure of the uh, podcast. And then we, we just started doing it. And I think what most people are afraid of is the beginning, how do I start? Mm-hmm. But once you start something, you will see already what works, what not, what feedback you're getting from people, do you make any traction, uh, and, and new ideas will come up, and then you will change a bit. And that's also part of product, uh, being able to do, be iterative about it and to pivot and change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so actually, the, the podcast is quite similar to how we envision it uh, in the beginning uh, so far. Um, it's, it's more about the pace that in the beginning was slower. Now it was faster. Now in the summer, it's a bit slower. So, but that's okay as well. And, uh, we, we also, you know, we're thinking about, um, do we need to monetize it somehow, or do we need to, uh, promote it in other places other than where we do right now? But, um, we're doing it for, for fun and for learning and for, uh, you know, service to the community to, to give people, more information about these products. So it's we're not stressing about it too much. And that's also reduces a bit that uh, stress of how can we do it? Uh, because 
the fact that we're not stressing about it helps. Yeah. Um, the book that you mentioned is actually quite a bit different um, because it's a fiction. Uh, it's a fictional book. And I wrote it many years ago. I started in 2013. And that was um, a labor of love and passion uh, completely. Uh, and at the time, I didn't look at it as a product at all. Um, I looked at it as um, any other creative thing that I'm doing just for myself, um, like uh, painting or, or other stuff that I want to express myself and I want to say something and I want to put it out there. So before that, I would, uh, um, you can see some of my paintings behind me, but before that I would paint so that the, my tools there would be, you know, the canvas and, and, the, and the paint and the, uh, uh, the brushes and whatever. And then I changed it with wor words and uh, word files and stuff like that. But um, in general, recently when I got it into uh, publication, I'm more and more thinking about it. How can I, you know, think about that more as a product rather than just a book? And the reason is because it's not anymore in my domain. It's going out there and I want people to enjoy it. I want people to like it. So what is the value I'm creating to them when I'm, uh, uh, you know, trying to sell them this book? And um, there is a lot of competition out there with the billions of books, so they can choose anyone else to read. Uh, and then also, how do I make the book better? So there is this concept of better readers that you can give them um, and, and they help you with uh, feedback and you actually create a better book. And... I, I think, I still think that nonfiction books are easier than fiction books to do, uh, to treat them as a product. Um, on one hand, there is, I think, a bit of more separation between the myself, the personal self, and that business book that I'm writing because it's, it's still business. But maybe that's only me. I don't know if other people have the same, the same um, reaction to that. But in general, um, I've seen really successful books written by blog posts and you, you, that's a great way to do that because you don't have to write the entire thing all the time. You write one post at a time and you get immediate feedback from comments of people and what they're saying. And you also see that there is interest in what you, you have to say when, uh, if you write, you know, a hundred blog posts and only 20 people are reading them and most of them are your mom, dad, and, and best friends, then probably there is not a space for a book there. But if there is a thousand of people reacting to that, then um, there is definitely uh, uh, more um, interest in there. And so you, you, you find that uh, product market fit for your book uh, and you treat it as, as a product that you want to make the best product for that market that you're selling to. Um, so, so, so going back to the original question, it can be any type of, of thing that you really like doing. So it can be if you're painting or if you are, um, you know, even um, putting content out there like videos, uh, people are loving to play um, video games and record themselves and put it on, on uh, YouTube channels and whatever. That could be a product as well. So you, you take something that you're passionate about and you start to think about if I want to create value, not just to myself, but also to other people, how can I create that value? 
how, how do I make this product something or this thing that I like to do, something that also other people will enjoy uh, uh, looking at, reading, um, consuming in some way. And then uh, you, you start looking for that product market fit. Who is the personas of the people that like that? How do I reach out to them? Uh, what can they tell me about the product that I can improve it and, and change it and get better with that? So there could be really a lot of things that people can do without really uh, a seed funds or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it's interesting. I always tell people like, go, go make a YouTube channel, start, uh, you know, start a, a Twitter page or what, whatever, like that, it, it, it all really co- comes back to your process, right? Like as you're trying to get into product, if you can explain how you leverage the product processes of discovery and delivery to launch something to market, iterate on it based on feedback, quantitative or qualitative data. And what's cool is like with podcasting, you get, you get data and pretty good data, depending on which platform you use Twitter, you have analytics. So like you get feedback qualitatively and quantitatively that you can use to iterate on your post, what topics are resonating. And I'll tell you, like in, in my personal experience, I've, I've grown so much empathy for marketing <laughs> through, <laughs> through trying to launch products and, and get them out there and get them adopted. But because like there's there's the product side of adoption, but there's also the marketing side of awareness and, and acquisition. So, um, so yeah, definitely grown empathy for marketing. Yeah, yeah. with with my with trying to sell my book now with a pre-sale, I, I wrote a post about it on LinkedIn. That if you want to develop um, empathy to to salespeople, you have to try to sell something. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I thought I had empathy to to salespeople. Uh, only these last few weeks, I learned what what does it really mean, and my empathy now is much 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 uh, better. <laughs> I make another point: the uh, finding your voice. I think Moshe and I mentioned that uh, being able to find your voice um, in product management. I think whether you're writing a book, whether you're starting a business, whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're doing a YouTube channel. I mean, that's a that's a matter of finding your voice um, and being able to communicate things and you may not always be right um, in getting over the fear of rejection, the, the fear of like, Oh, no one's going to listen to me. Um, the fact that Moshe and I have listeners that listen to our podcast. I mean, five months ago, I never would have said that. So being mm-hmm. able to get over that, I think people out there want, they want um, genuine uh, feedback, genuine conversation, genuine uh, insights. Um, and, I think we all have an opportunity to offer that in, in today's digital age. So it's just a matter of getting over the fear of no one's going to listen to me. Nobody cares what I have to say. Uh, my idea has already been thought of by someone else. Um, and, you know, no one's going to buy my product. Um, and it's just, it's just getting through that. And once you're able to get through that and you get good, you know, you get positive feedback for the most part. Um, I think that that just compounds on itself. You're like, wow, it's exciting. You know, I said I created a product and people actually care about it. Uh, I'm going to do more of it. Uh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's like you guys said earlier, right? It's, it's all about the learning process. Well, whether you get good feedback or bad feedback, you're either getting validation or in- invalidation yeah. of the thing that, that you think is good or, or the things that you're saying. And, and at the very least, like, especially in the, in terms of like finding your voice, like you mentioned, what is like you learn by teaching. But then mm-hmm. you also learn other people's perspectives who may disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I forget who, who said it, but it's uh, the quote goes, you know, every, every person is superior to me in some way. And in that way, I should like to learn from them. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like that. I like that. Yeah. That, that, and that's it. I mean, whether it's good or bad, it's, it's something to learn from. Uh, and I think being able to be a teacher uh, and building, being a willing uh, participant when it comes to learning things, uh, I certainly don't know everything. Uh, and I, I know everyone was called doesn't know anything, know everything. Uh, that's why we're here talking about it today. So um, I think once you get past those insecurities um, and, and you conquer those, I think that that just opens up a world of, of possibilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi, hi, John. Hi, Matt. Hi, Washer. Hey, Hello. how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. So uh, uh, first of all, thank you so much, John, for raising the call. Uh, I know Moshe. I talked with him uh, actually uh, last year. You know, I wanted to invite him for a product tank Pune uh, talk. Uh, I think John is in the WhatsApp group with, with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, Matt. You know, actually, uh, I'm seeing you for the first time. So nice knowing you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, I wanted to share with you two things and know your perspective uh, of everyone, like John and Matthew or Moshe. Uh, when you started working in your professional career, how had you made trust? Uh, with your boss or with your client as in okay first question second is uh, i am working with a fintech startup uh, early very early age just raised the fund i think two months back uh, and it will be in education lending sector like from india if someone wants to come to us or canada for an education or uh, like a fintech will make them even they don't have you know credit score and bank account how do we do this uh, alternate rate model uh, how to make uh, that product as a uh, product-led growth, what we talk about, because we do, I don't want to have an army of sales guy. What happens usually in Indian ad tech, right? So why don't we start with the first question? Yeah. yeah so I, I didn't catch the first question. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, I will just repeat. So yeah. how, uh, how had you made your trust with your manager when you, you are very young, like starting your first job? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I was lucky on my first job because I was in the army in Israel and I was assigned, you know, to a unit. So they had to use me. I mean, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I was a software developer in the army. So I learned software development. And then after you had the program of learning software development, they basically, um, assigned us to different units all over the army to do software development. So my boss was my commander. And he was like, okay, that's the guy you have to work with, right? So, so I was pretty lucky like that. Uh, and I was there for six years. And, um, you know, he couldn't really fire me. And I got great experience from that. And after that, I was able to, you know, because I had six years of experience, I was able to get out and, and find jobs. Uh, but that was all, all in software development. My first job as a product manager, uh, maybe uh, the more apply here uh, to this question. Um, so the, the, the good thing was that um, the, the guy that hired me, he was also Israeli here in, in Toronto. So we had a good um, human relationship between us. So it wasn't just about yeah. the job. It was also about making sure that you know, your manager that hire you is, is really someone you can work with well and you understand each other. So every time we had problem, I had a problem or whatever, or he had a problem, 
uh, it was very easy for us to just talk about it and, and move, move on. Um, he also um, saw my, my potential because I wasn't a product manager before, I was from engineering, but he saw my potential by the interviewing process and whatever. And he was, uh, you know, even though I didn't come with any product management experience, I came with a software development experience. Um, he saw everything that I did before that was related to product management. And, and we had very good discussions during the uh, interview uh, period to, for him to understand how I'm working and what I'm, I'm you know, capable of. So, so um, we, we, we really build that relationship, you know, uh, very well from day one of the interviews throughout, you know, the entire time that I was there. Okay, so Osha, I think I got one point from, from this. So when you started working with him and he was again, so you had a connect of cultural, culture uh, connect, I would say. Both were Israeli, both were had. Yeah, we had so a cultural always, connection. Mm-hmm. You always had some stories to tell, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So even uh, sometimes we would talk Hebrew in the office and other people would like, look at us. Why are you talking this <laughs> foreign language <laughs> over here? So awesome. mostly well, most people didn't mind. Uh, one person did mind and he told HR and HR told us. And, <laughs> but yeah, but um, it, it, cultural uh, or at least understanding each other really helps when you, when you, when you, you know, find a job, uh, your first job or any job, it's really important that you also feel comfortable with them and not only they feel comfortable with you. So maybe sometimes we want um, to get into product management or any position um, and we kind of um, compromise on, on that and we don't find the right match. But I think it's important that every time we look into a job to look to, to have a really good working relationship with your manager uh, because otherwise it could be really stressful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, something that worked for me was just, just building that personal connection, um, just building that relationship from the start, uh, getting to know who the person is, uh, that's either you know, that's your manager. Um, I think that that's something that's really benefited me because if you build that personal connection and you, you open yourself up to your manager say who this is who I am this is my background uh, and not just say hey th- I'm a person working here I come in I disappear I come I come the next day and disappear building that connection there and that's always benefited me um, it's always given me the 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 positive relationship I've had with my managers um, and I've maintained friendships with them after I've left companies uh, because I've maintained that bond. Um, and that gives you the opportunity to not be afraid to ask questions of management and say, hey, uh, what do I need to be doing here? The, the instructions aren't very clear. Um, and having that, again, opening yourself up to, uh, I don't know everything. Um, can, you, can, you, can you give me some assistance here? So I think having that Agreed. personal connection. Yeah, I completely agree with Matt and Moshe. Um, I'll, I'll add a, something a little bit different. Um, what, what I found work works well is like, I don't know, treating my, my job as iteratively as I do product management, right? Like your boss is going to expect things of you. They're going to expect you to deliver certain things to them or execute on certain things. And I've always taken the approach of let's get it to them fa- faster than they expect it. Mm-hmm. So they can give me feedback on it. Cause if they have deadlines that they need to go to their management or to the, the C-suite, 
to talk about things. Like I want to be able to iterate on it with them and, and challenge the assumptions I had about the assignment coming into it. So that, that's one, that's one like, I guess, practical thing that, that I've done. But secondly, like product is so cross-functional, right? Like to build trust with your manager, it really helps if you're building trust with their peers too. So if, if you're able to, to work well with, uh, with your stakeholders across different functions, that feedback is going to get back to your boss, which is going to reinforce that trust as well. Yep. Those are excellent points, John. Yeah, those, these are great. And I remember uh, the, on that first product management job on my first day, he walked me around the entire company over like three floors and, and introduced me to so many people. And I was like, why do I need to know so many people? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, but I was I was really grateful for that afterwards because I realized oh yes I do need to know all of these people because I have to there some of them are my stakeholders I will yep. work with these people but it didn't dawn on me until I actually started doing this product management work that this is really I mean I did that before but it was always me reaching out to people when I needed them and rather than a proactive like um, regular cadence. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to, uh, that, that cadence is a hard thing to, to find and, and balance, right? Because everyone's trying to do their own jobs and um, it's like, how often is, is this interaction needed? And like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a, it's a interesting balance to try to strike. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and what was your second question, Alok? Yeah. So uh, my question was, how can uh, I make uh, a product product-led growth as in uh, it is a fintech product uh, which will be an education lending lending sector? It's an interesting question. I, I might try to start if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I, I guess I would have questions before answers. <laughs> so um, yeah. is, your, is your target market like enterprise customers? Is it like a mainstream broader market like small business? Is it consumer? Um, I guess we'll start there before I give yeah, any, so John, any thoughts. Uh, yeah, my, my customers are the Indian students who are doing engineering here. And they are like, they will work here, um, in, let's say any companies from Google to Amazon to a very small startup. And then they will think, okay, uh, now I got this course, GMR, GRE, TOEFL, I want to go. And then what happens here in India? maybe 15% of them, they get the education loan. Well, very, very good candidate. You know, if they come to US, they will really do very well in their career and growth, but they don't get the money and they, then they are stuck back here. So that's what we are trying to tap the market. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess my, my general advice, and it's going to sound theoretical, but I'll try to give some, some practical advice along with it, but do things yeah. that don't scale early to find out what will. And what I mean by that is like working with your customers hand in hand, whether it's a handful or, you know, 10 um, students who are, who are your target customer and then figuring out like what that MVP looks like, not code based, but like walking them through the process manually um, in, in the same way that would be replicated and automated through software and figuring out where do things break, where do they get confused, what, um, what, what part of the experience is missing. So that way you can start leveraging those insights to build something that's more self-service and that could, um, could be more pointed towards a, self, uh, a product-led growth model. Mm. I don't know yeah. if there's any matter, Moshe, if you have anything to add to that. Um, the product-led thing is really interesting uh, because um, 
I mean, I, 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 I do love the, the concept and I do love the abilities there. So I don't really have an answer specifically for you, but the one yeah. thing, yeah, the one thing to be careful about it is, does it really fit every organization or every type of product? Because if you have, let's say, um, you know, a company of 500 people or a thousand people and you're trying to sell them a product and I'm talking about, you know, B2B, right? And one or two people are using that in the organization and they love it, but they don't really have much power in, in changing processes all across the company or really grow, make a growth in the company for you. Would this really be a successful one or successful approach uh, to sell it to the company as an enterprise solution? It's hard. It depends what it is. So if it is, you know, an edit, like something like Miro or something like, uh, you know, I think the most successful one with that approach was probably Jira and Atlassian with their products. Uh, but many others, um, you know, it's a very, and maybe Monday.com probably is one of them. Um, but, but if you look at what they're doing, it's a very generic thing that they're doing. So if the product is a very specific product to do something, then the question is how much power can the product led approach have on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. How many people are you serving, right? How many people are you serving and what the problem is trying to solve exactly? Yeah. Like something like monday.com or Jira, you know, everyone has tasks to manage and everyone, yeah. it's really a different but, way to project management. Yeah. Fundamentally it's, 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 there's foundational principles there. Uh, exactly. So, so everyone will need something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to spread out to other people in the organization with a similar, uh, you know, solutions uh, where with others, I'm thinking like a product like uh, Pendo, for example, you know, I like talking about that. Um, I don't know why they're still not paying me uh, uh, some <laughs> refer referrals and whatever. Yeah. But uh, with a product like them, there is also a case over there to grow, um, you know, vertically across different departments in the organization because different, uh, like, you know, success can use it, product, um, and they do that. Pendo is doing that. They're actually talking to different departments in the organization and they build a case for different departments to use it. Uh, and and it, but I think over there it's more of an enablement enablement tool for product management. And even their CEO, he wrote this book, product led organization, because Pendo as a product helps product led companies become product led. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh I like putting in the chat that Figma is my, my favorite. And yeah, it, it is one of my favorite because I love their model, right? Like I love, it's like Slack. They have a consumer feel to where you can get up and running on a free version, but they, they have a paywall um, around their hypothesis of what people would upgrade for or how, how teams would use it in a B2B setting. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of product led growth, but I think to, to Moshe's point, like, depending on the level of complexity of the product or the market you serve or how big it is, right? Like an enterprise market with a complex product, probably uh, at least, at least at, at the start should probably be sales led because there's going to be a level of things that you need to explain. And it's going to take so much time to get the product in a state that, that you could make it product led and, and self-service um, that trying to start out that way would probably, you'd probably be doomed to fail. You'd run out of money before you can, 
get that off the ground successfully. So mm-hmm. it's really situational. Um, but if you do, if you have a feeling like product led off the bat is the right way to go based on your audience and the level of complexity, then uh, I would just echo the things I said earlier, like try to figure out what you don't know as soon as possible uh, to set yourself up for success as you build it out. Yeah. And, and by, all, by any means, I'm not an expert in product led at all. Uh, there are other people that are much better than there are, you know, few podcasts out there that are talking about that. Uh, we should probably, Matt, do a series about products that help product-led organizations. Right? Okay. That's, yeah, that sounds good. Look forward <laughs> to that one. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I really appreciate the time, Matt and Moshe. Alaka, I appreciate your questions. Those are great questions. And uh, I appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, you know, I, I posted this on LinkedIn, but we just hit over a, a thousand followers on, on Spotify. So I'm, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude by how many people are, are listening and, and getting value out of this. And it's because of, of great folks like like you guys who, who join and uh, share your insights and, and ask fantastic questions for us to be able to share off of. So, so thank you. Yeah, well, thank, well, thank thanks you. for ha- thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, same here. Thank you, and thank fun. you a lot for seeing you again. And and oh. for you, John, for everything that you do for the product community, it's it's awesome.